Let us pray. Direct us, O Lord, in all our doings, and further us with your continual help, that in all our works begun, continued, and ended in you, we may glorify your holy name, and finally, by your mercy, obtain everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Well, it felt a little weird not being here last week and was very sorry to miss a new life in baptism and a new sister in Christ that we all have in this family. Last weekend, I was actually celebrating the new sister-in-law I have. Uh, my oldest brother got married, and of course, the whole weekend was filled with dinners and stories and laughter and much rejoicing. And so if you'll just indulge me for a little bit, I have a couple pictures from this past weekend. Let's see if I can start. This is the happy couple. This is my uh, older brother, Brian, and his new wife, Anna. Uh, this is actually the church where Brian and I grew up, where we were both confirmed at, um, and this is where Amy and I got married. So, yeah, there were some emotions involved, and I'll just leave it at that before I embarrass myself. This is a staged photo of me pretending like I know how to tie a bow tie. I, I assure you I don't, but it makes a pretty good picture, right? And I'm, I'm not really sure what's going on here. Uh, I think it's a sorority thing, maybe. But uh, this is the bride, uh, her sister, my mom, and the bride's sister-in-law, my wife Amy. And I don't know about you, but I absolutely love the wedding ceremony. Not just for the pomp and pageantry, but also because of the words that are said and the vows that are promised. Here's what the bride and groom say to each other. In the name of God. I take you to be my wife or husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until we are parted by death. This is my solemn vow. That's absolutely beautiful language, sure, but even beyond that, it's sacrificial and it's mature. You know, in relationships nowadays, the, the, the modern, the American view, certainly the more cynical view of relationships is this question, what's in it for me? What am I getting out of this relationship, right? We can easily see this type of thing in our business relationships like phone service or TV service, right? But I think we can think of this in our human relationships as well. Maybe when we were younger, some of our friends were only our friends because of what they brought to the table. You know, this friend of mine, his parents were gone all weekend, so we were friends with him so we could hang out at his parentless house all weekend. <laughs> this other guy, he had a really great car and he was popular and I wanted to be seen with him, so we were friends. Maybe we even thought of our parents that way sometimes. You know, our parents were, were great as long as they paid for everything we did and left us alone, but the minute they said no, the minute they said, the minute they disciplined us, then Clearly, they're out to get us and probably want to ruin our lives, right? Maybe when we started dating, that's some of the questions we were asking. What does he or she bring to the table? What are the benefits I'll get from this relationship? So one of the things I love about marriage and the wedding ceremony is that we put this immature and this self-serving thinking behind us. At a wedding, we don't ask the bridegroom Hey, what's in it for you, man? 
what is she bringing to the table? No, what, what we ask is, will you have this person to live in the covenant of marriage? Will you love them, comfort them, honor and keep them in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others, be faithful to them as long as you both shall live? Best case scenario, the bride and the groom are there publicly to say to one another, I love you simply for who you are. Whatever happens in life, I will be right where you are in the wheel of fortune that life can bring us, whether we're talking $2 spaghetti dinners or Del Frisco's Grill, whether it's decorating our dream home or piling up rubble from a hurricane, whether it's great health or battling cancer, I will be with you through it all. That's the covenant of marriage. It's a mature, sacrificial relationship. And my brothers and sisters, it's the relationship we are meant to have with God. One of the overlooked images of the church, the the family of God, is the bride of Christ. So if you can remember, just last week, the, the baptismal service is much like a wedding ceremony. Vows were made. Promises were expressed. The sacraments of baptism and marriage are very similar because they speak to the same truth. You know, the word sacrament means sacred vow. And it's both God and us that make these vows and express these promises. Jesus Christ is the bridegroom. And what he doesn't say is, what's in it for me? What are the benefits of this relationship? No, he loves us simply for who we are. I think it's, very natural, very good starting point to rejoice and to talk about the incredible benefits of the Lord Jesus Christ. And really, we should never stop rejoicing and talking about the benefits of our relationship with Jesus, his grace, his mercy, his compassion and consolations, his forgiveness, and the list goes on and on. But it becomes dangerous when our relationship is based solely on these benefits. A spiritually mature relationship with Christ means we love Jesus simply for who he is. Any seasoned married couple knows that the the wedding emotions and and the excitement, it just kind of fades a little bit, right? And any, any seasoned Christian knows that there are times when it's just hard to see the love and the mercy and compassion of Jesus Christ. So if our relationship is based on these emotions, if our relationship with Christ rests solely on his benefits, odds are it will be hard to maintain. To be honest, this is probably among the reasons young people are leaving the church. This is probably among the reasons why Christians aren't more faithful in worship. Because sometimes we approach our relationship with Jesus as, what's in it for me? And if I'm not getting anything from this anymore, if I'm not getting anything from church anymore, if I don't feel anything from church anymore, then why go? A spiritually mature person is able to say, Jesus, I love you for who you are. And in all the ups and downs in life, I will be faithful to you and I will be wherever you are. So perhaps we can see some of the application from the gospel lesson today. Jesus gives us a parable of the kingdom of heaven. And remember, the kingdom of heaven is God's rule. It's God's reign in every aspect of our lives. So Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner 
who goes out and he hires men at the first hour, at the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, even the eleventh hour. And when the day comes to a close, everyone receives their pay. Those that were hired first are actually paid last and even paid the same wage as everybody else. So they grumbled, they, they complained about the injustice, even though they received what they said they were going to get paid. So here's what we could say. The complainers were only interested in the benefits. They were only concerned about the rewards. They were only in it for the compensation. Jesus basically replies, friend, there, there's no injustice here. You, you knew what you signed up for. I'm going to be who I'm going to be. And I choose to be generous. Our Lord teaches us that we are to go beyond the immature material view of relationships, to move past the what's in it for me mentality and enter into a mature, a full view of relationships. In regards to our relationship with Jesus Christ, in some sense, it doesn't matter if it happens early in life, midway through our lives, or at the very end. But as a long-term Christian, I gotta say, the sooner the better. And in this relationship with Christ, who is the bridegroom, we seek a mature relationship, not only concerned with benefits, but able to say, I love you for who you are, and I will be wherever you are. So in this week ahead, maybe we can reflect and react to this. How is our relationship with Christ? What kind of things can we say and do to progress in spiritual maturity? And then maybe we can pick someone in our life, whether it's a close friend, an estranged friend, or, or even a spouse. Do we love them simply for who they are? And if so, how can we show them that this week? When we seek a mature relationship with Christ and his church, it will be evident in our lives and people will see the kingdom of heaven all around us. And it's all for his glory, now and forever. Amen.